You're listening to the Attempt Adventure Podcast, a podcast about finding adventure every day and making your life a little more interesting. From Dallas, Texas, I'm James Barrett, joined as always by my co-host, Michael DeRosiers in Bangkok, Thailand. James, in this episode, we are going to be talking about cultural adventures, cultural adventures that you and I both have experience in. That is visiting a Buddhist temple, specifically Buddhist temples in Bangkok, Thailand, where I live and you have traveled many times. You know, attending a house of worship of a faith to which you don't, do not belong can be intimidating, but it's also a very rewarding experience, especially when you're traveling in Thailand. But first, James, did you do anything new or adventurous this week? Well, I mean, kind of. <laughs> if we count, we're recording two episodes in one day. Right. Little we went to a nature little, trail. <laughs> little, little Hollywood magic. As in the last episode, I went to a nature trail. Other than that, I did not. So you know what? No. You you have your two weeks to work on yours. This time, I'm not taking it. So you can come up with a uh, a penalty for me. Okay. Okay. And so next time, we're both going to do a penalty. Yes. All right. James, your penalty is going to be to... Well, you know what? It's going to be similar to, to mine. It's mm-hmm. food related again. I know we've done food challenges before, but that's okay because it's tying in directly to this month's challenge. So this time, James, I'm challenging you to find a restaurant of a cuisine that you have never tried before. Okay, I can do that. But you've uh, you've had a lot of cuisines. Might be hard for you to find one you haven't tried. I, yeah, I, I have some ideas because there okay. are a lot nearby. There's even some like really niche Indian places. I might give that a shot. There's an Ethiopian restaurant nearby. Interesting. I've never had Ethiopian food. Mm-mm. It's probably good. Well, speaking of food, ladies and gentlemen, just one last reminder of our monthly challenge, which is to share your favorite local food. Take a picture of it. Send it to us. Hello at attemptadventure.com. Subject line challenge. Show us something that you're proud of from your own local area. James, you visited mm-hmm. me in Thailand a couple times. Do you remember Three. the first <laughs> temple, first Buddhist temple you ever went to? I do. The first Buddhist temple that I ever went to was Wat Saket. Oh, was it? Okay. Golden Mount. One of my favorites. That's probably why I took you there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that was like the first thing we did. For me, I, I go to Buddhist temples all the time because I live in Thailand, but for a lot of people, it's a kind of a scary experience. I mean, do you remember what it was like? What was going through your head? How did you feel first time you were going to a Buddhist temple here? I was more nervous about offending someone. Right. With something. But I didn't... One one thing about Buddhist temples, especially in, in Thailand, and Golden Mount is a very tourist-friendly temple. There are probably some... There are definitely some that you wouldn't just walk into. I mean... Maybe. I don't know. But, I mean, but pretty much you, they're you very can. welcoming. <laughs> yeah, pretty much you can just walk into any. That's one thing I really appreciate about Thailand because I've been to Bali, Indonesia, and there it's a majority Hindu island. And they do not allow anyone who's not from the island into their temples. 
And like, I respect that. I completely respect Mm -hmm. that. That's their thing. I'm sure there's lots of tourists who are annoying or, you know, sacred ground or whatnot. But at the same time, I feel like religion is kind of something that should be shared and culture is something that should be shared. And I appreciate that in Thailand, the Buddhist temples are open for visits from anyone because they just Mm -hmm. want to share their faith and their culture and their religion, even their art with anyone who's interested. And I feel like there's something really nice about that. Like I respect it if you want to keep it private, but I also really appreciate when it is open. Yeah. And, you know, I I had you and I had done a lot of research, so I knew you know, what to do, what not to do, things like that. So I think my experience was probably different than someone that just walks in. You know, I know plenty of people are uncomfortable, especially people get uncomfortable taking part in some of the blessings and ceremonies and things like right. that, which is perfectly fine. You you don't have to do any of it. But the, the nice thing about Buddhism is that it, it, it doesn't have to be what I'm trying to think of. I think I know what you're trying to say, or maybe I don't. <laughs> Let me just take a shot at it. It's essentially, at least in theory, non-theistic, meaning mm-hmm. that there are plenty of people who are Christian, for example, who can also practice Buddhism. And it's quite common here because it's not concerned with theology as much as it is concerned with the now, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's more concerned with how you're living your life now. And so a lot of people practice multiple religions. In fact, here in Thailand, Buddhism is practiced alongside Hinduism as well as Thai animism. And they're all a mishmash of faith together. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's what you were going for, but that's... No, it was. It was exactly what I was going for. And that's very academic. It's it's a really cool experience. Well, let me explain a little bit about what we're doing in this episode of this podcast, because this might seem a lot more specific than a lot of the episodes that we sometimes do. Mm -hmm. And now the reason I wanted to talk about this today is a couple months ago, I was a guest on The Amateur Traveler with Chris Christensen, and I did an episode about traveling to Bangkok. And in that, I talked about visiting nine temples in Bangkok, uh, my favorite nine temples. And I thought I would just write a little post for our website talking about my nine favorite temples. And after I started working on the post, I thought, you know, this is actually pretty interesting. This might be a good topic for the podcast. So it's not easy sometimes to have a cultural experience, you know, to have a cultural adventure. Um, We've had my brother on who's living in Israel, and sometimes he has to work really hard to have some kind of authentic cultural, Mm -hmm. you know, some authentic cultural experience. And Thai culture is very different from the culture of a lot of our listeners, and it can seem kind of inaccessible. But Thailand is still one of the most traveled places in the world. And I just thought that we could share our expertise specifically about visiting a Thai temple, but kind of in general about trying to have a cultural experience. Mm -hmm. And as part of that, I'm also going to share my nine favorite temples, which I've adapted a bit since I was a guest on the show. Yeah. So my my list is a little bit different now. Very nice. I believe I've been to most of them. I don't think I've been to all of them. Okay. So why don't we go ahead and start talking about the nine and we can talk about the ones that you've been to. So first, we're just going to give you guys a list of my nine favorite temples, and I've actually made a map that I'm going to post on the website, attemptadventure.com. We're going to talk about my nine favorite temples, then we're going to talk about some of the do's and don'ts, how to participate in a spiritual experience if you'd like to, and all that good stuff. Here we go, James. The first temple that anyone should have on their list, the most important temple, really, and it has to be on the list for sure, is Wat Prakau, the Temple of the Emerald Buddha. Mm Mm-hmm. It is the most important site in all of Thailand. This is a temple 
that has rituals that only the king of Thailand himself can perform. It is the heart of Thai culture. And it's a beautiful temple because you, you have some other ones where the, the Buddha is enormous. And obviously you can't make a, you know, 30 foot statue out of emerald. <laughs> right. Although that would be crazy. But yeah, I remember that one because it was the most crowded temple I've ever been in, <laughs> which makes sense. It's also one of the stricter ones. Right, because it is actually inside the Grand Palace. So when you go mm-hmm. there, and there, there's a polite dress code for every temple, but this one, you have to follow it. You have to wear long pants. You have to have your arms covered, even men. You know, that mm-hmm. this is not acceptable not to. You need to wear long pants. You need to have sleeves. And if you don't, you have to rent really ugly clothes to, <laughs> to wear. <laughs> you do. Yeah. That one, there's not a ton of participation in that one. It's more... No. If, you, if you're Buddhist and you go and you pray or mm-hmm. you just are looking at it, it's it's very, very probably more traditional, I would assume. But right. it's super cool. And it's once you learn the history of it and, you know, why it's so important, it, it really brings it all into perspective. And so that one is just an important place. But, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I couldn't make a list without including it. But let's get into some of my favorites. So the next one I have on my list is Wat Po, which is one of the most famous temples in Bangkok. In fact, before you come to Thailand, it's probably one of them that you would see on any kind of like tourist promotional material. It's the Temple of the Reclining Buddha. Yeah, Wat Po is impressive to say the least because you see it on pictures and things like that and it doesn't do it justice at all. It is, the Buddha is enormous. Yeah. I mean, you're like the size of its toe. It's like if the Statue of Liberty was laid on its side on the ground and you could just be right up against it. It is intricate. It is gold. It is somehow, I guess they built the building around it. I think they did, yeah. The building is super intricate and you can get real close to it. It's it's not like something you view from far away. It's super interesting. Right. So you kind of walk into the temple and you start at his head, the Buddha's head, and you sort of walk all the way down along his body. He's in the reclining position and you end up at his feet and the feet themselves are, in my opinion, the most impressive part. They're Mm -hmm. inlaid with this sort of very detailed mother of pearl design. It's just incredible. This one, uh, I will say Wat Po also is the home to what's considered Thailand's oldest university. It's this ancient massage school. If you've been walking all day and your feet are aching, you can go to the little massage school that's just next door, get a really top-notch foot massage. It's hmm. famous for it. <laughs> so just a little tourist tip for you. Next up, we have Wat Arun on the west bank of the Chao Phraya River. Wat Arun, also known as the Temple of the Dawn, is another one of those sites that you've probably seen on tourist material. Yeah, it's on the money, I think. Mm-hmm. Which, what's it's it on? on? Tin bot coin. Mm-hmm. It's a spire, for lack of a better yes. word. It's like the Thai Eiffel Tower. <laughs> yeah, it's technically what's considered a prong, which is like a, a spire that contains a holy relic. This one is, I, I, I'm i really impressed by the architecture of it. You don't really go in it. You can climb up on the steps and things like that, because it's not, it is a temple, but it's not like Wat Po or Wat Saket. You can climb up on the steps and walk around it and, it's, it's really impressive, and it's super, the entire building is super intricate with designs. and. Well, I'd like to talk about the designs. If you get up mm-hmm. close to it, you can tell that the designs are actually broken pieces of pottery that have been embedded into some concrete to cover the, uh, the stupa and to make it a like really pattern, like detailed pattern. 
So this mm-hmm. actually, I think it goes back to the time of King Rama III, I believe. A bunch of merchants were coming in from China. Occasionally, pieces of Chinese porcelain would get broken. He thought it was beautiful, and he was like, let's not waste this. Let's use it in our architecture. So I think it is Rama III. A lot of his temples, a lot of temples, royal temples from his era have this feature where they they would just buy up some of the broken pottery, broken Chinese pottery, hmm. and embed it in the walls to make these neat designs. It is really pretty. And yeah. I, I appreciate that how tall it is because mm-hmm. you can get in there and get in the shade. <laughs> yes. Which is important at the Grand Palace. And guys, all of these pictures are going to be on our website, mm-hmm. attemptedventure.com. You can see pictures of everything we're talking about in the show notes for this episode. Definitely go check it out because we're not going to do them justice at all. They're hard to describe. They are. Well, the next one, James, is Watsaket, the Temple of the Golden yes. Mount. Your first temple, my favorite place in all of Bangkok. And it's definitely my favorite place as well. It It's unique as a temple mm-hmm. goes. You start at the bottom and you sort of wind your way up this huge spiral. It's like a hill. It's like an old, it was a temple. It collapsed. It became a hill, came overgrown. And so now it's sort of an artificial mountain or an artificial hill in the middle of the city. Yeah. And you start at the very bottom and you just sort of start climbing these steps and you spiral all the way around and you ring the bells and you stop halfway up and get you a tea. That golden mount coffee. Yeah delicious get the lemon tea it's really good mm. you just sort of keep going you ring the bells all the way you sort of get get to the top and you can probably describe it better than i can it's like a almost a fortress kind of on top of a hill mm-hmm. imagine that but with a big golden point and you can go all the way to the top you know you go inside the temple building at the top you climb up to the roof of that where the golden spire is located and you can stand up there and there's bells and there's prayer flags and people praying and uh it's Almost the only spot in Bangkok to feel a breeze, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Maybe why I love it so much. But it also has some of the best views of the whole city from the top. I was about to say that. I've been, you know, we've been up in skyscrapers and downtown. We've been, you know, things like that. And Golden Mountain still has the best view. It is far and away my favorite place in the city. I'm crazy about Watsaket. Also on the money, on the Tubot coin. Mm-hmm. Definitely my favorite as well. Uh, the next one I have on my list is Wat Mongkon, which is a Chinese temple. It's kind of rare in Thailand. Thailand has a big Thai Chinese population. There are a number of Chinese temples, but they're not nearly as common, obviously, as Thai-style temples. But this one is the center of the Thai Chinese community. It's the home of all the uh, Taoist festivals. Uh, Mahayana Buddhism is one of the very, very few Mahayana temples in all of Thailand. And it's also really, really unique. Like, you just don't have temples like this in the rest of Bangkok. Hmm. And I don't know if I've taken you there, James, Mm -hmm. but it's really interesting. I mean, it's a Chinese temple. It's completely different than the what you see in the rest of Thailand. But it's an important part of Thailand because Thailand does have a massive Thai Chinese population. Yeah, I don't know anything about this one or the. No, I've been to the next one. The next one is Wat Trayamit, the Temple of the Golden Buddha. It's also near Chinatown. And this one is the home to the world's largest solid gold Buddha statue. We went there at night when our train was mm-hmm. delayed. We did. Yeah, It's a cool building. It kind of looks like a almost a fortress as well, almost like a castle-like structure. Now, the story of this is interesting. Nobody knows where this golden Buddha statue came from. There was this very plain, like, terracotta statue. It was in some temple somewhere, kind of forgotten. It was in storage. One day they were moving it. 
somebody dropped it. It cracked open and inside was the world's largest solid golden Buddha statue. (laughs) They have no idea where it came from. They don't know when it was made. Interestingly, it was discovered on the, I want to say the 2500th year of the life of the Buddha. And so everyone saw it as like Hmm. a really big miracle. And so it's enshrined in this super impressive temple, but it's a crazy story. And to look at that giant statue and think that's solid gold, I have no idea how much it's worth, but it's amazing. Right? It's incredible. It's worth a lot and it weighs even more. <laughs> yes, especially to think no one knows where it came from. <laughs> I wonder if they had that like clay and then they like poured the gold into it and it was just sort of a mold for it and then we're just... And forgot about it? That's really good thinking, James, because that is how they make the statues. I never thought mm-hmm. of that. If they made a mold and they poured the poured all the gold in it and then forgot it or, you know, who knows what happened. Quite a mystery. <laughs> Pretty mm-hmm. cool. Call the... Scooby-Doo, he can figure it out. <laughs> right. I want a Thai version of Scooby-Doo. Oh, man, can you imagine? <laughs> it's all ogres and ghosts. <laughs> yeah, but the ghosts are real. <laughs> the ghosts are real. Yeah, and so are the ogres. Oh, man. Uh, the next one, Wat Interawihan. That was actually the first temple I went to, the Temple of the Standing <laughs> Buddha. I went there, like my first weekend in Thailand, and I kind of lost it. I was never able to find it again until recently. I, I rediscovered <laughs> it recently. It's really cool. It's this giant standing Buddha that was built like 100 years ago. It's massive. Yeah, I've, ne- I've never been to this one. The next one, Wat Bincha. Wat Bincha Mabo Pit. That is the marble temple. Really unusual for a Buddhist temple. Cool, it though. looks it looks quintessentially Thai. It is like the quintessential Thai temple. It's a royal grade temple. It's made of Italian marble in the reign of, I believe, King Rama V. Yeah, but it has stained glass, which is really unusual. But it's a just a downright pretty temple. I mean, it's just like, it's like if somebody took the design for a typical Thai temple and just made it look stylized or, or something, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it's like they were like, all right, we got this, now make it fancier. Yes, exactly. Which, which is hard because Thai temples are fancy. <laughs> yes, they are. Thailand loves its gold and mm-hmm. precious stones, and they are ornate. And they were like, all right, let's take, see how ornate that one is. I want it better. Exactly. Italian marble, stained glass, gems. Let's make this place look sparkly. Mm-hmm. And it is. It is stark white. It's super pretty. Also... One of the hottest places I've ever been in Thailand. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of shade there. No, there's no shade, and it's all marble, and it's I mean, it's like sitting in an oven. <laughs> it, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But very cool. Do check it out. Go in the evening. Yeah, and it actually looks really nice when the sun's setting, mm-hmm. too. That's sort of when we went, and it was it's definitely when to go. This one often shows up on the cover of Travel Guides. Mm-hmm. It, it's very, very, very impressive. And the final one is Wat Sutat, the Temple of the Giant Swing. The Giant Swing is another one of those iconic Bangkok landmarks. It's a giant red, looks like a very, very tall, skinny gate. It almost looks like a Japanese Tory gate, but it's not. It's outside of this temple. Wat Sutat, the temple itself, is cool. It's very cool. Uh, it's just a typical kind of temple, but the Giant Swing is what it's famous for. And this is called a swing because it that's what it was historically. It was used in this Brahmin ceremony, this religious ritual. If I remember right, they would suspend like a bag of coins from the top and people would literally swing up to the top of the thing and try to grab them. I think eventually too many people died and they quit doing it in the 30s. (laughs) But it's still there as a monument. And Mm -hmm. it's important because it's right outside of another temple called the Devastan or Devastan. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, which is completely unassuming. 
from the outside, you might not even go in. You might think, eh, it's just a not even an interesting temple. It doesn't look like anything, really. But it's unique because it's actually a Brahmin temple, and it's the headquarters of the Thai royal court Brahmins. People think of Thailand as a Buddhist country, and it, it is, but royal ceremonies are carried out by Brahmins, an entire cast of them that are still here to this day and do things like the royal plowing ceremony. They were involved in the coronation a couple years ago. Any royal ceremony is not carried out by monks, but by Brahmin priests. And they're headquartered there at this little temple called the Devasatan. And it's really hmm. interesting. They have the Hindu statues inside. It's something. It's an aspect of Thai culture most people don't really think about or don't really know about. That's really cool. I, I haven't been there. Yeah, I discovered it like last year. I went for the first time a couple months ago. And That's uh, cool. Yeah, and, and so I wanted to add that to my list. So those are just my nine. If you are going to Thailand and specifically Bangkok, check these out. I think that you would have mm-hmm. a great experience about visiting any one of them. But what we're going to talk about today, James, is how to actually visit. A temple. If you're nervous about having a cultural experience, how can you make it a really good experience? What are some of the do's and don'ts? So first of all, what would you say? What are some of the most important do's and don'ts when you're visiting a temple? Definitely do some reading beforehand. Don't don't go in blind. Ask around. The internet is a great resource. You can find anything you need to know. Basically, treat it as you would any other place of worship. Just because there's tourists there, don't think that you can just go in in your flip-flops and well you mean you can wear flip-flops that's fine but don't do yoga there that's really inappropriate <laughs> yeah people do and it's like stop it yeah it's, it's really bad and people do get actually get fined and arrested for some of that too because it's not permitted it's not nice so don't do that <laughs> no and yoga isn't buddhist really no, <laughs> i don't not. know and if it were you wouldn't be doing it at a temple no go to the park <laughs> if you want to do yoga go to the park Wear pants if right. if you're a man, just cover up. Yeah, guys, typically, unless you're at a royal temple, you, guys can wear shorts. Women need to wear a skirt or long pants. Uh, you need to have your shoulders covered, whether you're a man or a woman. Don't have a, a tank mm-hmm. top or anything like that, even if you're a guy. Yeah, uh, typically you have to take your shoes off. Well, you always have to take your shoes off at the temple. Mm. Don't touch a monk, especially if you're a woman. It might sound sexist, but it's, it's their religion. You know, just don't do it. Yeah. Don't ask the monks if they're real, because they are. We, oh yeah. Do you want to tell that story, James? <laughs> we were walking up Golden Mount, and there's this woman and her husband talking to these monks, which is fine. You can talk to the monks. Oh yeah. Yeah. And if they, unless they like, if they don't respond, that means just leave it. But you can talk to them. They don't care. And this, this woman was like, are you a real monk or is that a costume? Like, where do you think you are? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like I couldn't imagine what was going on in her mind. Did she think people just dressed up? Like, it's what like if you were in Europe among- and you went to a, a cathedral? Do you think that people are cosplaying as nuns? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, don't do that. And don't cosplay as a monk, <laughs> for sure. Don't, don't show up dressed as a monk, either. Just be very respectful and, and polite. No one is going to force you to do anything. No one is going to... You don't have to give money. You don't have to get a blessing. You don't have to do anything. If you're going to take pictures, be respectful of what you're taking pictures of. Sometimes there will be a sign that just says no pictures. And if that's the case, just don't do it. Don't take pictures. Don't get in the way of people praying. Don't, Mm -hmm. you know, just, just be aware of what's going on and don't Mm -hmm. be that person. Don't be the tourist that makes everybody else look bad. 
Right. I will say the most important thing is just be very careful with your feet. When you mm-hmm. sit down, if you do choose to sit down in the floor of the temple, do not point your feet forward. Do not sit with your legs cross-legged. Try to get on, you know, kneel on your knees. Like the worst thing you could do in Thai culture is to point your feet at the statue of the Buddha. So be very, very careful of that. Yeah, just kneel down. That's the best way to do it. Yeah. And if, you know, for women, one of the best things to do, it's it's hot in Thailand. You're not going to want to wear long pants or a skirt all mm-hmm. the time, but you can easily get a wrap. Yes. They're for sale everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then just pull it out and wrap it around your waist whenever you're going into a temple. For royal temples, men will do it too. And if you need to, you cover your shoulders, you can do that too. Nobody cares. Yeah, a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. It's hot in Thailand. People want to stay cool. There's not a ton of rules. It's just more common sense. Yeah, if you do want to participate, you can. If you don't want mm-hmm. to, you don't have to. But the thing is, you're not banned from doing so just because you're not Buddhist. They don't care. Like, they don't care if you're Buddhist or not. You're welcome to come and join, and you don't have to. Nobody's going to ask you. Nobody's going to even assume that you are Buddhist. It's a good way of connecting. Yeah, so here are just some of the things you could do. You could give alms, like make an offering. Even if you get up really early in the morning, you can see the monks walking down the street with their bowls, collecting food. Monks aren't allowed to buy food. They have to rely on donations from the community. Um, You could buy some food and donate it to them there as well. You can make a donation at the temple. Receive a blessing. We've done this. James, your Mm -hmm. picture on our website is you receiving a blessing, a water blessing from a monk. Loved it. It's great. You feel rejuvenated. Yeah. You feel blessed and you feel cooled off. You know, the monk has this like, how would you describe it? Like a brush? It's like a, a wooden brush, I guess. And if you're a man, he, he puts his hand on your head, uh-huh. dips the brush in water and just sort of slaps you with it. Yeah. <laughs> and he's having a good time. Yeah. Because if you're a farong or a foreigner, mm-hmm. he's going to hit you a lot more than he's going to hit other people. And chuckle while he's doing it. <laughs> yeah, and he's going to laugh while he's doing it. And so you're going to end up sopping wet and just, yeah. it's it's fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, you give him a little donation and then get your blessing and it's it's just a good time. And sometimes they'll tie a little string, a little white string around your wrist and, and give you another little blessing. You still, oh, you still have yours, James, man. That thing's hanging on. You're going to have to come back it's, to Thailand. You've been, you've been. I know it's, it's so close. You've been wearing that for what, three years the now? The white one. It was New Year's 2018, wasn't it? It's been over three years. The only reason I think they're still hanging on is that they're sort of like intertwined with each oh, other. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. my fiance, her blue one broke. Oh, no. Finally, yeah. which is fine. You wear them until they fall off and mine are hanging on somehow. Well, you're just going to have to come back and get some more. <laughs> yes. Uh, another thing that you can do is join a monk chat. Monks usually are happy to talk if they can, if they can speak English. And certain temples offer a maybe weekly monk chat where you can just come and sit down and they'll have monks that can speak English and you can talk to them about literally anything. It's really cool. People, I think, are a lot of times afraid of monks because there are so many rules surrounding them, but they are just people. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing is they are just people and a lot of monks aren't permanent monks. Right. They really are just people and they want to talk just like anybody else does and just don't touch them. That's really, (laughs) just don't touch them and you're probably pretty good. Monk chats are cool. Certain temples offer meditation classes that you can join in, Mm. usually guided, often in English. And then if you want to, you can even do some acts of good karma, like, you know, making a donation of incense or a lotus. You can even release birds or fish. That's an act of good karma as well. You can, you can usually buy them at the temple and release them. 
So th- there's a lot of ways that you can get involved in a temple and participate. So I wanted to talk about this, James, as a micro example of a macro adventure issue. And that mm-hmm. is having experiences, cultural experiences in cultures that you're completely unfamiliar with when you don't know what to do. So I've been to a lot of you know, houses of worship that are for faiths other than my own. I've been to mm-hmm. uh, a Sikh Gurdwara. I've been to a lot of Buddhist temples, Hindu temples. I've been to mosques, whatever. They're all different. They all have their sets of rules. But it's still intimidating each time I go to somewhere that I'm unfamiliar with. And it's a big part of culture. You know, everyone's religion, if, if they are religious, deeply influences the culture. It is intimidating and it can be, you're afraid of doing something wrong. But again, the best thing I can say is just, you know, take a little time and just educate yourself on the customs and on anything like that, just to make sure that you're not going to be that guy and you want to be respectful and things like that. And certain temples and certain religions have different rules. Mm -hmm. Like you wouldn't just go walk into a mosque. It's not. You can, but Certain it's, ones you it's can. not yeah. viewed the same way. Like, for example, in Malaysia, the Pink Mosque of Putrajaya, it's mm-hmm. a, one of their biggest tourist attractions. Mm-hmm. But tourists aren't allowed all the time. If you're Muslim, you can go in anytime you want. If you're not Muslim, you have to go in between prayer times and they'll have blocks for tours. And you're totally welcome to do so. You just have to plan and know what time you're allowed to go in. Actually, I would say most places of worship... You can just go into. I think the most probably strange one would probably be Christian churches because. Well, that's but that's only really in the U.S. If you're in Europe, they're open all the time. All these old cathedrals and churches and stuff in the yeah, U.S. It, a lot of times they're kind of closed. But and that's really only Protestant churches. Catholic churches, Episcopal, Orthodox are usually just open for visitors. Yeah, I mean that's true, and I I sort of take back what I said about a mosque because you can just go in and. Talk to the imam, and mm-hmm. they they like talking to people. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, even if you're not religious, a lot of times religious sites have incredible architecture. You mm-hmm. know, if if nothing else, but also just culture. I think that it's a great way to connect with the culture, especially in a country where it's so ingrained into the culture. You know, yeah. you know, Thailand is a Buddhist country, and Buddhism is sort of involved with everything in yes. politics as well. Yes. And so it's it's all sort of intertwined, and so it makes it different than a country yeah. where it's not. I mean, my advice is just to go for it. I know that this is kind of a very specific episode, uh, and maybe we should have maybe episodes about visiting mosques and visiting cathedrals and things like that. Mm-hmm. I would need to do a little research or maybe have a guest on. That might be good. But I would just recommend do it. It's a great way to connect to people and maybe even meet interesting people. Talk to people. Talk to locals who are there as well. There's a local person there. You can ask, you know, if they can speak English, talk to them. That's really the best way to learn about any culture is just talk to someone that lives in it. Because I think the worst thing you can do when you're traveling is to not engage with the culture at all. Mm -hmm. Don't be one of those people that comes to Thailand, goes to Khao San Road, takes a bunch of pictures at temples and doesn't actually try to understand why they're important, what they are, a little bit about the culture and how it impacts life here. So just try to, you know, I I think that's just important. At least it is to me, maybe not to everyone, but for me and my adventures, it's something that I find to be really important because I like connecting with people Yes, when I'm traveling. No, I I definitely agree with that. Um, I will put the map on our website. I will also put pictures of all of these. Now, James, 
you said mm-hmm. you were going to choose your two favorites. What if you only have yes. one day in Thailand, one day in Bangkok? You obviously can't go to nine. Well, you can, but you're not going to have a great time if you try to rush around going to nine in one day. I've done it. Um, if you had to choose two, which two would you choose and why? The first one would definitely be Wat Sakit, the Golden Mount. Mm-hmm. I think that it provides, you get the experience of, you know, you sort of walk into these gates there are walled gates around it and you walk in and then you sort of look up at this big artificial mountain and you start slowly walking up and it's it's almost like you go from being in the city to being in the jungle and it's peaceful it's quiet and you sort of get to the top and then at the top there's a very traditional thai temple and you can get your blessing you can participate in some things and then you just sort of keep going up and when you get to the top you have all the prayer flags and the breeze blowing and it's the best views of the city. It's like you're metaphorically ascending from the just ugliness, the rush, the traffic of the city, all the way to this really peaceful, beautiful spot. And so definitely recommend that one. That's definitely number one on mine. And you get the experience of most likely being on the river taxi. You get to see old town. Yeah. It's just, it's a whole experience. You get your Thai tea. (laughs) Yes. You got to. The second one, I would say just go to the Royal Palace. It's sort of, because you can hit all of those. You can get the Emerald Buddha, Wat Po, you can get... Wataroon is over Wataroon's there, Wataroon's over there, yeah. So definitely that one, rather than having to pick just one other one, is go to the Royal Palace. That's sort of, I would say most tourists would go to the Royal Palace first, Definitely, because you can do all three of those pretty quickly, because you have the, the Wat Prakal, the Emerald Buddha Temple is inside the palace compound, just literally next door is Wat Po. And then all you have to do is hop across the river on a three-bot ferry to Wat mm-hmm. They're all just like right next to each other. It's definitely do that. It's, it's a lot of fun and, yeah. and super, super cool. I think that my dark horse is the uh, Devasatan, the Hindu Brahmin temple, because it's one that people don't go to. And it's the only one on here that's not super famous. It's the only one on here that's not really on in guidebooks. Little hot tip for you guys. Um, yeah, <laughs> but do check it out. Yeah. All right. Well, are you ready to move on to our favorite segment, Adventures in the News? I am. This week, it's your turn. What have you discovered for us? It's not really super big news, but it's just sort of an announcement for anyone out there that may be looking to get in on something and experience something cool. Is that for the first time since the pandemic started, you can now get permits for the Inca Trail. Oh, wow. Anybody out there that is interested in hiking the Inca Trail, you can again. Cool. I saw that one when we were talking about the those challenges. Oh, yeah. And I've been saving it ever since. <laughs> That's why I couldn't find it. <laughs> well, that was one of your honorable mentions for your bucket list challenges. Mm-hmm. Your bucket list adventures, which was another episode. Yeah, definitely the Inca Trail. It would be so cool to do. So, yeah, I mean, if you, if you can, if you're able, grab you one of those and... Honestly, Go on a heck of an adventure. Now's a good time. No one else is traveling. Like now's mm-hmm. a really good time to be doing this kind of stuff. If you can do it safely, if you're vaccinated, yeah, I'd say. I'm, I mean, I'm vaccinated. You will be soon. I will be. I'm almost coming home specifically for that. I mean, that's one of my <laughs> big draws. So can't wait to get those sweet, sweet microchips coursing through my veins. Man, you get good cell reception. 
I don't believe that. <laughs> I actually no. do understand how vaccines work because I'm not a moron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the fact that they can't change your DNA, it's not a thing they can do. If they could, we would have done it already. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And have you seen the needles to inject microchips? They're huge. Yeah, I know. My fiance does that for animals. They're massive. Yeah, they're, they're not small needles. You would definitely know that something was up. And they're not magnetic. No, they're not. Vaccines work. Get them. They're the reason we don't all have polio and smallpox. And Yeah, I've cut myself many a time. I would have had tetanus long ago oh, man. if I wasn't inoculated. <laughs> I know. Rabies? I don't know. Yeah, like, once, I once dropped a bike on my knee, punctured it with a <laughs> spoke. I don't want tetanus. It was really unfortunate. Had to get a tetanus shot, and I didn't die as a result. That is an official position of the Attempt Adventure podcast. Vaccines are great. <laughs> I have all of them. <laughs> Except COVID, unfortunately. If they offer a vaccine, I probably have it. Measles. Mumps, Rapella, diphtheria, tetanus, all of them, Japanese encephalitis. I don't think I have that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you need to. <laughs> no. Um, HPV, got that one. Be responsible, folks. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, get vaccinated and then go on the Inca Trail. That's the point of that. Yeah. There's your um, advice from us today. All right. Great. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for tuning in and listening to us this week. We appreciate it a ton. One last reminder here to participate in our monthly challenge, which James and I are going to be reporting on next week because we've been penalized for not having done anything adventurous. It is to take a picture of some local food and share it with us in an email. Hello at attemptadventure.com subject line challenge. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, where we are Attempt Adventure. Our website, attemptadventure.com, where you can find show notes and pictures of everything we talked about in this episode. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for listening. Tune in next week for more adventuring fun. And until next time, keep adventuring. Keep adventuring.